Friday, 9th of October. Public sorrow, the acquired gold of the leaf, the falling off, the prefigured burning of the yield, which is accomplished. At the lake's edge, the metal pails are full, vats of fire. So waste is elevated into beauty, and the scattered dead unite in one consuming vision of order. In the end, everything is bare above the cold, receptive earth. The trees bend, beyond the lake shines, placid, giving back the established blue of heaven. The word is bare. You give and give, you empty yourself into a child, and you survive the automatic loss. Against inhuman landscape, the tree remains a figure for grief. Its form is forced accommodation. At the grave, it is the woman, isn't it, who bends the spear, useless beside her. Yesterday, Louise Gluck, I don't know if you pronounce it that way, but let's say it's Louise Gluck, the writer of this poem, won the Nobel Prize for Literature. As Bjorn Wyman, I don't know if you pronounce his name that way, but let's say you do, Bjorn Wyman, culture editor at a Swedish newspaper, had predicted, the committee this year decided to make a safe choice. They will give the prize to a female author who is not from Europe and who is, in the political and ideological and appearance-wise sense, the opposite of Peter Hanker, Wyman told The Guardian a few weeks ago. Hanker won the prize in 2019, even though he had been vocal in denying Serbian atrocities carried out during the war in former Yugoslavia. He had also attended the funeral of the former war war criminal Slobodan Milosevic. I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like to lose a child, which is perhaps what Gluck is alluding to in this poem. Although, like all great poems, it also allows for personal human loss to be seen in the context of existential endeavours and exertions. In one of her earlier poems, The Garden, she implies, as she does here, a message I suspect someone who has experienced a searing personal loss recently might struggle to hear, I know I would, that the human body is made to survive, which means it is made to survive losses, all of them. Think of the old man or woman limping down the road carrying a small bag of shopping. Think of a pigeon with a gnarled or foot. And then the losses, one after another, all supportable, Gluck writes in a slightly chilly register. The part of us that can't support loss, that won't, that sets itself up in opposition to loss through denial, anger, bargaining and depression, is of course the mind. Unlike the body, the mind has no obligation to accept anything and is often actively opposed to acceptance. The psychological roots of this are perhaps best understood in Sharon and Jack Brehm's notion of psychological reactance. Their theory implies that whenever the human mind feels that its freedoms are being threatened or lost, their theory states that whenever the human mind feels that its freedoms are being threatened or lost, It is programmed by evolution to initially, but maybe enduringly, fight for those perceived freedoms, even if the freedom itself is in fact a chimera. 
Think of the freedom to destroy our internal organs with various substances, the freedom to take out our frustrations on the other human animals who live with us, the freedom to continue blaming our parents or other people, including ourselves, all the selves who inhabit the mind, for the pain they have caused us for so many decades in the past, or in the case of our inner critic, our inner trolls, on a sometimes daily basis. The reason we have the phrase, to cut off your own nose to spite your face, or to shoot oneself in the foot, is because we recognise, even at the level of folk wisdom, that the human animal often pursues behaviours that are curiously and frustratingly, certainly if you're the person living through this or alongside this, disadvantageous to our lives moving forwards. I am thinking about loss today because I've had the privilege of using and growing plants and edibles in a garden attached to my ground floor flat for the last decade. Seven years ago, I erected a fine-looking summer house at the end of the garden where I would sometimes take myself off to write or do some poem by hearting as I huffed and puffed on the spin bike. A picture of this garden in full bloom with Max as a puppy running deliriously towards me is one I still use on my Bumble profile. Now, half of the garden, including the summer house, has been fenced off from me after the upstairs tenants made a fuss about not having their own garden space, even though generations of tenants before them never had a garden. I know that these tenants will not use the garden, that their half will go to rack and ruin. They have expressed as much. Their need for a garden is more a mind grab than anything else. But this is how it goes. The mind wants, and will do almost anything to have what it wants, even if what it wants doesn't serve the body-brain complex that houses it. And equally, any loss, including the losses we can withstand, as we withstand year after year the end of summer and the dying of everything around us, is fought against bitterly and complained about. This is the animal I am. This is the animal you are. We are moaners and whingers and never good enoughers. This is part of our telling too. The word is bare. You give and give, you empty yourself into whatever you empty yourself into, and you survive the automatic loss. Against inhuman landscape, the tree remains a figure for grief, Gluck tells us. Its form is forced accommodation. And I guess in some way, whatever process of loss we are part of, pushed into. It is this kind of forced accommodation where we eventually find some kind of tree-like peace. One sound, then the hiss and whir of houses gliding into their places, and the wind leafs through the bodies of animals. But my body, that could not content itself with health, why should it be sprung back into the cord of sunlight? It will be the same again. This fear, this inwardness, until I am forced into a field without immunity, even to the least shrub that walks stiffly out of the dirt, trailing the twisted signature of its root, even to a tulip, a red claw, and then the losses, one after another, 
all supportable 